Hey, what's up? My name is Jason. I'm the pastor of Church in the Wild. Thank you for joining us in the wild, where we have sermons, conversations, interests, all the things that make us who we are. Thanks for jumping on here. You matter. All right. Welcome to Church in the Wild. My name is Jason. So good to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to worship with us. As we said last Sunday, it is so good to be here. There's a lot of reasons why it's good to be here, but for me, that worship is reason enough, man. That was so good, yeah. I like cried, I jumped up and down, I sang really loudly and off key. My, my goal, by the way, is if, you, if you're ever curious like what I'm trying to accomplish, my goal is to sit as close to the stage and sing as loudly off key as I can to mess with these guys while they're doing it. And I think today I succeeded. So very happy about that. Um, hey, a couple of things. We, we mentioned this, but um, if you do want to give to Church in the Wild, you can go to citw.faith. You can click the give button. And when you click that, multiple things happen. You can give tithes, or if you have like an offering, you can actually click on our building fund, and you can give to the future of Church in the Wild there. Or if you're like, you know what, man, that worship team was awesome, and I love what they did, you can also give to teams. So that helps our teams do more. So there's a couple things there. Then um, I mentioned this in the video, but next Sunday is something called Summit. Summit is really important. Um, Summit is anyone, if you have any interest in our church and who we are and like, hey, what do you guys, how do I contribute in, in practical ways? How do I be a part of Church in the Wild? Uh, we're going to be doing that after the service next Sunday in here. We'll be discussing that. And then the following week uh, is something called Pinnacle. So our group leaders, team leaders, staff, our elders, or people who are interested in that. Like if, you're, if you've got a uh, desire, someday I think God wants me to lead a wildlife group. Um, we would love for you to be there so that we can kind of talk through what that looks like. And then this... Um, we are going to be in Acts chapter 27 and Acts chapter 28 today. Uh, so we are almost done. I cannot believe this, but um, we've been in the book of Acts for almost 28 weeks. So it's just been a, a, a walking through the book of Acts together. Um, but our midweek devotionals, which are on YouTube and on Spotify, they will fill in a lot of Acts chapter 21 through Acts chapter 26. So we're going we're gonna to do next week, we will have Acts chapter 28, and then the following week, we will begin a series called Monsters, and we, we do that every October, and so we'll be going through this series called Monsters. The videos, the midweek devotional, will continue to walk through Acts until we're done with that. Then they will turn into marriage and relationship type videos. So um, subscribe to those if you're interested in any of those things. I think... Um, I think that we need a, a regular walk with God. Church it, on Sunday is like a really good shot in the arm. It's a really good thing. But like, you don't drink coffee only on Sunday, right? Coffee's good on Sunday. Rajiv brought me coffee today. It was good. But I don't only drink it on Sunday. I need it kind of throughout the week, especially on a Monday, right? So the midweek devotional is like that second cup. You know, so um, you can subscribe there. Acts chapter 27, verse 39. Acts chapter 27, verse 39. Now when it was day, 
they did not recognize the land. <laughs> you ever been there? Like, I don't recognize even where I am right now. They noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run their ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors, left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders, then hoisting the foresail to the wind they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck and remained immovable. The stern was being broken up by the surf. I don't know, we're, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but how many times in your life you feel like things are just being broken up all around you? The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. So it was that, that all were brought safely to land. Now look at Acts chapter 28, and we're going to look at verse 7. Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius laid sick with fever and dysentery. Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, he healed him. When this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They also honored us greatly, and when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. It's a really interesting chapter uh, and story in the Bible where Paul is on his way to Rome with the people who are going, supposed to be killing him when he arrives at Rome. And they decide to take a ship, even though it's rough weather. They don't really listen to Paul, who says, hey, it's not a good idea. They take the ship. They get going. This storm happens, and things just start to break apart all around them. Literally, the ship that they are sailing on begins to fall apart in this storm. And I thought, what better passage to sum up last year and this year than that? Because I don't know about you, but it seems to me like things are falling apart all the time. I mean, just nature alone. Think about, think about the last month we've had where we haven't had some type of natural disaster somewhere around us. I, maybe I was a kid. Maybe I was young and in love, so I didn't pay attention. But it seems like this is a lot more recently where our, our world is falling apart. I mean, you get done praying. You know, I feel like every week I put a new pray for these people, and then I'm like, now we got to pray for these people because this happened over there, this happened over here, and these people, how about our plans? I mean, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that our plans are going to fall apart. You have this plan, then you have this plan, then that happens, then this happens. You change coffee shops three times because you forgot this, you didn't bring that, you forgot, and everything, plans just seem to be falling apart. How about our relationships? Man. The damage done to relationships that are now falling apart because of all that's going on in the world right now. I mean, it's hard to have relationships right now. You think this? Well, I think this. So we're no longer friends. You think this? Oh, I think this. I'll never speak to you again. And in this current situation, I feel like we are on a ship and it is just falling apart as relationships begin to crumble around us. 
How about our health? Man, if, if this last year alone showed us anything, it's that our health can fall apart a lot easier than we thought. I used to think, oh man, I could do anything. I never thought I would have two strokes. I never thought I'd have to worry about a virus. But our health falls apart. How about our finances? Uh, I was listening to someone talk and they said, they had met a guy who the year before his business had profited $275 million. And last year his business shut down and made nothing. Right now it's easy for finances to fall apart. Our culture, our culture. I mean, you look around and you say, what is happening right now to this world that we live in where people just, I mean, I was, I, we, my brother lives in Memphis. He was at, at a Kroger, and someone drove by and just shot people in the Kroger just to do it. Culture sometimes seems like it's falling apart. So what do you do when everything around you seems like it's falling apart? I think there's a couple things you can do. There are some of these things that I'm guilty of doing. And there's one thing that I hope that I end up being more like Paul in. I think, first of all, you can complain. When things go bad, you can complain. When things start to fall apart, you can be the person who's just like, boy, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, and I'm going to let everybody know. I'll, I'll be honest. This one's not a temptation for me. I, I have more of the temptation for the next couple. But, but have you ever, have you, you know, sometimes when we are so guilty of complaining, then all of a sudden people in the hard times don't want to be around us because we complain about everything. So it's like you see the person, hey, the sun is shining. Yeah, but it won't tomorrow. You know how Ohio is. Oh, okay. Hey, how about football? Terrible. Oh, all right. You got a professional team? I did, not anymore. Oh, okay. You got a college team? Oh, yeah, but they're bad. Oh, How's your family? Awful. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's just, man, the sun's shining. Yeah, well, wait till November. Okay. Anything could happen in your life? It's easy to fall into this when hard times come. It's easy to fall into this pattern of complaining. I think for me, this one is more of a problem. I fall into the pattern of comparing. Why is my health bad when theirs isn't? Why is this bad for me when theirs isn't? Why is God doing this to me, not them? I do this, they don't. Why is it happening to me? That becomes an easy pattern for me to fall into. But what happens when that happens is then my theology falls completely apart. Because here's what I do. Oh, I, I have bad things going on in my life. Why don't they? I must be doing something wrong, and God must be mad at me, so I need to change this, and I need to do, because God's mad, and all of a sudden, my, I, have, I have good theology, and suddenly things fall apart, and it's gone out the window. Or, we can do this one, and this one is really the one that I struggle with. We can crawl inside. Crawl inside. What I mean by this is my tendency is, when everything in my world is falling apart, I put up every wall around me and let no one in and say, I'll just handle this on my own. You are not allowed in during this time. You can see me on the good times. Catch me on Instagram on a good day. 
but I'm not going to put on Instagram the bad days. I have a tendency in the hard times, when things begin to just fall apart, I have a tendency to say, I'm just going to crawl inside and let no one in this world, and I'll just get through this on my own. Or we can do what Paul did, which I hope that I can learn to do, and that is connect. Connect. It's interesting to me. In Acts chapter uh, 27, the ship sinks, everything's bad. In Acts chapter 28, verse 7, he's like, we've been on this island, the people treat us great, things are wonderful, we're having a good time. Paul, in these passages, when everything was falling apart around him, connected closely with the people who were responsible for bringing him to his execution. He arrives on an island he's never been to, and instantly, hey, how can I heal you? How can I help you? What can I do for you? Paul begins to connect with strangers. How do we connect with people when things are falling apart? How do we become that people? I think there's an answer, and um, it is in Acts chapter 28, verse 3. In Acts chapter 28, verse 3, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them in a fire, a viper came out of the heat and fastened on his hand. How's that for a bad day? My ship sank. I'm trying to start a fire to warm myself up, and a snake just crawled out of it and bit me on the hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said one to another, no doubt this man is a murderer. I mean, I've had people say stuff about me sometimes. No one said that. Right? Like, you know, yeah, that Jason, he does, you know, whatever. No one's been like, that Jason is a murderer, right? Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. What compassionate people. Let's just watch him till he dies, right? But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune came to him, they changed their mind and said that he was a god. And this is how I think we can learn to connect with people even when things are falling apart. We just learn to shake off criticism and praise. These people, he has a snake bite him. They're like, oh, he's a murderer. Oh, wait, nope, he's a god. Here's what we have a tendency to do. In hard times, you criticize me, you're out. Oh, you praise me, I don't need you anymore because I am good. Paul just like shakes both off and says, okay, now that we're done with this snake trying to stop me and these people talking about me, how can I help them? I think we can connect with people a lot more if when things are going bad, we don't allow criticism to hurt us. And if things are going good, we don't allow the praise to make us arrogant. I was riding one time with Josh Kelly's dad on a bus. And um, he looked over at me. It was like just this moment. He looked over at me and said, you're never as bad as people tell you you are. And you're never quite as good as people tell you you are. So don't live or die by what people say about you. And then he just looked back to what he was doing and started working on his game plan to coach a football game. And I was like, all right. And that has stuck with me so much. Because what I'm tempted to do is in hard times, you criticize me, I'm mad. But in good times, oh, I'm, oh okay, I li- we can live and we can die by what people say. Paul says, I shook that off, I'm moving on, and now I'm going to see who I can heal. 
Paul's plans were absolutely falling apart, so he connected with people. Remember that Paul pushed to get to Rome. Paul wanted to go to Rome. Paul was fighting to go to Rome. Paul had meetings with leaders that he didn't need to have to so that he could go to Rome. And now everything's falling apart. And what he thinks should be the ultimate for him is not not happening. He's on an island with people who want to kill him and with people who think he's a murderer. And he starts to connect and have and build relationships with them. Why? Because people are the plan. When given the choice between people and plans, God always chooses people because people are the plan. Here's the temptation in this world. Everything's bad. My plans are falling apart. You know what? I'm just not going to have anything to do with people because stuff's going on and we forget that people are the plan for God the whole time. See, at Church in the Wild, the community is the mission at Church in the Wild. That's easy for me to forget. I can get so wrapped up in, we got to get this done in this timeline, this done in this time. I got to get these two curtains up. I got to get this up. We got to move this. We got to put the chairs away that I can forget that people are actually the mission. And I can get so wrapped up in my plans that I can forget that my plans as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, my plans are about people. Think about God creates this perfect universe and what happens people ruin the plan so what does god do start a new universe without people no he comes to the universe and changes his plans for the people because people are the plan so you ruin my plans for a perfect universe i'm going to send my son to die for you you're ruining the plan. I, I, I sent my son for you. You killed him. I'll send my Holy Spirit to help the church grow. You're ruining it again. I'll come back for you someday because I will never leave you or forsake you. People are the plan of God. And it's so easy when things go bad to say, I'm just going to cut people out and I'm going to leave people to the side and I'm not going to have anything to do with them. But for God, when, when God had to choose between people and plans, he chooses people because the people are the plan. But secondly, Paul connects with God. Paul connects with God. I've read this story a lot. I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up hearing a lot of sermons. I've read this story a lot. I've heard this story a lot. I've heard every variation of this sermon, and I've always missed these verses that I'm about to read to you. Acts chapter 27, verse 23 through 26, 22 through 26, sorry. This is Paul speaking. He says, yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night, there stood before me an angel, listen, these words are so powerful, of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. I'm going to read it again. I want you to see that. He's an angel of the God to whom I belong and to whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. Behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told, but we must run aground on some island. 
I love how he finishes it. By the way, we're going to wreck. But here's, what, here's what's being said here. Who you belong to is greater than what is happening around you. I'm going to say it again. Who you belong to is greater than what is happening around you. See, right now, chaos around us, confusion around us, things falling apart, but the one who you belong to will not fall apart. He created you, he made you, he loves you, and he holds your future in his hands. So don't be consumed with what's happening around you. Look at who you belong to. He comes to Paul in the middle of a storm. And says, hey, I know, I, I know your ship's breaking apart. I know things are going bad. Don't worry, you belong to me. And I want to say to everyone here today, you belong to God. And he is greater than what is happening around you. Yes, things are hard. Yes, things seem like they're falling apart. Yes, times are rough. Yes, it costs $67 to fill up my, my Jeep when it used to cost me $37, and financially things seem to be falling apart. Yes, I can't make a plan because I have to cancel it three times, and things seem to be falling apart. Yes, there are hurricanes and earthquakes and tornadoes and storms, and things seem to be falling apart. And yes, people will turn on you, but you belong to God the creator who holds all in his hands. Who you belong to is greater than what is happening around you. Look at, look at what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 22. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. This is, this is, what, he, this is what he's saying. Things have been breaking apart and creation has been groaning since the fall of man. Things have been breaking apart and times are hard. Look at verse 23. Not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and the redemption of our body. This is what Paul is saying. Hey, things are falling apart on this planet and I just wish God would take me home. Look at verse 24, but for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? This is what he's saying. You cannot put hope in people when you are falling apart to patch you back together because they are people who are also falling apart. Think about this. God was telling me this on the way here. When we think of the word relationships, I think how we view it is like this is my relationship. And when life is stormy, my ship will hold me together. As long as I have a relationship, I'll be okay. But what do you do when the storm is tossing and the relationships begin to break apart? That's why he says, don't put your hope in what you see. Put your hope in God. So often what we do is, you know what, if I have someone who, who will date me, I'll be okay. If I have someone who I'll be married to, I'll be okay. As long as I got my family, I'm okay. 
long as I got this, I'm okay. Paul says, you can't put hope in people who are broken just like you. That's the danger of our culture when our culture says things like this. Well, I never knew love until I met you. Really? You didn't know God before you met that boy? That boy, he's going to, that girl, she's going to, she completes me. She holds me together. No, God holds you together. And there's a really good chance that girl's going to dump you and date your best friend. That boy, if that boy dates me, I'll be okay. What happens if that boy asks you about your friend or your cousin? What you going to do then? What do you do? Well, I got my family. I'm all right. Well, now your family, now we're divided on this issue, this issue, this issue, this issue, this issue. See, I used to put a lot of hope in people until one time I was preaching and someone, I got done and someone said, you know what I don't like about you? Why we're going to leave your church? Oh, please tell me. I would love to know. You like people who aren't white too much. What? I'm pretty sure, by the way, if you read the Bible, Jesus didn't look like me. I just, I see that somewhere. I've I've had people abandon me for all kinds of reasons. And here's what I had to learn. My hope is not in people and it's not in things that I can see. If my hope on getting through the week is on Michigan winning a stinking football game, I'm doomed. I'm doomed once November rolls around. If my hope, if my hope is in the Lions winning a Super Bowl, it's been 50 years without hope. We cannot put hope in things that we see. Our hope must be in God. Look at verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Up until here, this passage, you're like, "Mm, not so great. But look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we don't even know what to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes with us for groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And the verse that Caitlin read today, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. This is what it's saying. Hey, don't put your hope in things that have no hope on their own. Put your hope in the one who loves you so much that even when you're, you're so broken apart that you're like, God, I don't even know how to pray right now. He says, let me, let me go to the Father for you. You don't know what to say because you feel so alone. Let, let me pray for you. you. You don't know what to say because you feel so broken right now. Let me hold you together and go to the Father for you. And then he says, and we know that all things work together. All things. That relationship that's sinking right now, it will work together for good. The finances that are crumbling, it will work together for good. The health, it will work together. This current pandemic that we're in, eventually God will work it for good. To those who love God. Here's what the point of this entire message. Build your life on who you know instead of what you do not know. Build your life on who you know. 
Because you know what I'm finding out more and more? I, I know less and less about things. The older I get, the, real, the more I realize, yeah, I thought I knew everything, and now I realize I know nothing. But you know what I do know? God. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds the future, and I know who holds my hand. At the end of the day, it's God, and that's it. So we cannot build our lives on ships that will sink in the night. We cannot build our lives on things that will crumble and fall apart in a pandemic. If you built your hope on cryptocurrency, on stock markets, on investing, they will crumble and fall apart, but God never will. If you built your hope on people, they will criticize you or think you're the next best thing all in the same day, so you got to build your life on who you know. I don't know what to think about right now, truthfully. I've I'm tired of guessing what I think is going to happen with this pandemic. I'm tired of guessing what I think is going to happen with with days even. Like my schedule now is like, what's happening today? We'll see if we can do this. My my schedule for church is like, well, we don't know, so we're just going to do this. But here's what I know. I know that the one who I belong to and I worship is right here with me in the storm. And he's with you. And he's for you. And he created you for a divine purpose with a divine plan that will work together for good. So trust in him. Cling to him. Run to him. And hold on to him even when everything else is breaking apart. And as you do that, Don't forget that Paul connected with people along the way. Hey, my ship's sinking. I'm going to have a conversation with the guys on the ship. Hey, I'm on an island I've never been to. You know what Paul didn't do? I found this fascinating. Paul did not arrive on the island and, and shake that snake off and then be like, I can't believe you guys criticized me. I'm off. I'm building my own place. He didn't build his own island on that. Yeah, the little town. This town's no good. I'm building my own. You know what else he didn't do? We don't find any record of him preaching. You'd think, oh, you got bit by a snake. I'm healed. Let me show you how you can also, let me do this. We don't find that. What we find him is just connecting with people and building relationships with people even in the midst of a trial when everything was falling apart. Here's how you do that. Look around at who's with you now. Not at who was with you five years ago and isn't anymore. Instead, look around who's with me. I'm going to start creating community with them. Because I know who I belong to. And I know he has a plan for me. And this, this snake that's biting me right now, just shake that thing right off and just keep moving because God has a plan and I belong to him and I trust him. Because I'm going to build my life on who I know, not on what I don't know. Life's falling apart and you don't know what to believe anymore. Build your life on who you know. Build your life on Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you all to stand to your feet. We're going to worship one more time. Before I do that, I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. 
like me, when life gets hard, do you fall into the pattern of comparing yourself or like others, complaining or crawling inside? Or do you try to build connections along the way? Is your life plans being altered so you cut people out because your life plans are altered? Or are you trying to remember right now that people are the plan of God? People are God's plan. Then last question, I think the most important question I can ever ask you, who do you belong to? You belong to a person? Belong to a political party? You belong to a group of people? Or do you belong to the creator of the universe who holds you in his hands? There's a verse in the Bible, Jesus said that, that he holds us in his hands and then the Father holds us in his hands. So when everything's falling apart, you can rest confidently assured, I'm held in the hand of Jesus who's held in the hand of God the Father. And when things are so bad, I don't even know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit says, let me tell you what to pray for. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never had a moment where you said, I need Jesus. I mean, I've had that moment. Oh, I need Jesus. Now's the moment. Now is the time to say, I need Jesus. So I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up here. I'm going to ask you, Whatever it is that is within all of these things that I've asked you about, maybe you need to stop complaining, comparing. Maybe you need to stop crawling inside. Maybe you need to start connecting with people and you're like, man, I need community. Pray with someone. Our prayer team will help you build community. Find a wildlife group. They will help you build community. Maybe you need Jesus. You've been trying to do this on your own for far too long. And like me, one day you came into a solution and said, I can't do this on my own. I thought I could, I can't. I need him to save my soul because there's no amount of good that I can do that's good enough to get me to heaven. I need Jesus. And I called upon him and I realized that life is not about what you know, it's about who you know. It's all about him. So maybe today's the day for that. If you'd like to pray with someone and say, I need Jesus in my life. I need the prayers of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need God the Father in my life. You can come up and pray with one of our prayer team members as we sing. I'm going to pray. We're going to do one more song. Do not allow fear to hold you in your seat. Come and find someone who will pray with you. They will not judge you. They will not attack you. They will not criticize you. They will pray for you and help you and love you and support you. Because people are the plan. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is so good to be here. We love you and we are so thankful for you. God, help us to remember that we belong to you. And life is not about what we don't know. It's about who we belong to. Give us strength to get through this. In Jesus' name. turn it around and it's just so awesome how you know God you know kind of shows us these kind of things with regards to you know just a song matching up with the message 
And so as we sing the song again, you know, just think about it. If you're going through something, you know, we have prayer people up here. They're willing to help you. You know, you just want, you just got to fully trust in God. And he said that he will turn it around. So let's just sing and think about that thought today.
God turn it around. God turn it around. God turn it around. God turn it around. God turn it around.